listening to the Insight to Action podcast. My name is Donna Jones. I'm your host, and we are at the Agile Mob Programming Conference, actually just the Mob Programming Conference in Boston, and I'm really happy to have three people from ClearLink who have been working with mob programming for a year and a half now, and they've gone from like sort of coming to the possible assumption that, that people here who do mobbing might have been crazy to actually being a silver sponsor of the conference. So that's a pretty significant jump. Uh, let's just learn from you, if we can. First of all, for the audience who's just listening, this is a podcast that's very much about transformation. It's very much about how we tackle big things. And one of the things I was attracted to mob was, was about the skill set and the mindset that's required to implement mob programming, but also the scalability of that at the skill level right up to the C-suite. In this episode, you're going to hear three voices from ClearLink. Corey Powell, who's the tech leader, Nate Wixom, who's the director of marketing tech, and Charlie King, web developer. Obvious question that most listeners are going to have is, who is ClearLink and what do they do? And because we've got three different perspectives here, let's, let's explore each and see what that answer is. Because it doesn't always mean the answer is going to be the same. It might mean we're looking at it from different angles. Here's Nate. Okay, thank you. So ClearLink... We are a uh, Salt Lake-based, but multiple locations in the United States and then across the world as as well, um, uh, company. And we do integrated customer experience optimization, I guess you could say. What we'll do is we represent a wide variety of brands in the home services and insurance space. And we help to optimize the customer experience that someone has in purchasing their products. So whether that's visiting a website or calling into a call center or chatting with someone online, uh, multiple different sales channels. And we, we do our best to optimize that journey, that customer experience journey through those sales channels and ultimately lead to uh, which ultimately lead to a conversion and, and enhanced profitability for our customers. Love those lines. Okay. And from your perspective, Tori, do you want to add anything? Or No, that's my perspective right there. You'd answer it the same way. Okay, yeah. now, now it's Charlie's turn then. That was a lot of words to basically say we just sell stuff for other people. <laughs> um, and we want to do it the best that we possibly can. And that's it. That's it. How did you get started? Do you want to start, Tori? Sure. How we got started? Well, we, we kind of got started right here at this mob programming conference last year in, in uh, 2017. Um, both Nate and I came out to the conference and uh, after experimenting somewhat with, with mob programming and um, we came out, we, we liked what we heard and like Donna said, you know, we were wondering if these people are crazy or if they're genius. Um, so we, we decided to put the experiment into place and, and to see what, what, what could happen from us. Right. Yeah, so just to kind of piggyback on, on what, what Tori said, we uh, came out here to the conference. Tori and I met together at the uh, uh, Cheers Bar here in Boston and uh, put together a bare-bones uh, uh, manifesto of uh, takeaways from uh, the conference along with kind of our own insights. And uh, that was kind of the, the beginnings of mobbing at ClearLink and then took it back and uh, started our journey from there and, and started to uh, implement what we learned here at the conference last year. And here we are again. We must uh, take well to it. 
I have to say there's a backstory to the conversation that took place in Cheers because you two would not have been in that restaurant in Cheers without a particular natural disaster happening. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, so there was a hurricane in Atlanta at the time, and uh, Atlanta being Delta Airlines' primary hub. And so we were scheduled to fly out, uh, I believe it was on Friday night, and we got to the airport, um, waited in the airport for a, a few hours, and then they said our flight was canceled, and that was that. We didn't have any other way out of here and for the next couple of days, so we spent uh, the next two days, Tori and I, walking around Boston, checking out the Freedom Trail, and uh, more importantly, kind of planning our future for ClearLink and mob programming. Now, mob programming takes developers who are quite frequently found in caves in, in their companies and asks them to come out and join others in this code, which has a whole issue around my IP, my source code IP, when you're intellectual property, when you're working with others. Charlie, how did you, what made you come out of the closet and, and what do you get out of it and, and why, how did you overcome any of those things that people often, or developers in particular, are often concerned about when it comes to working together with others? For me, it was a little bit hard because I, I don't like talking to people, and I, to some extent, picked this profession because I don't like to talk to people. But it kind of came out of necessity because that was kind of the direction the company was going, and we were working on a project where we needed to be able to have similar standards. And, and as a developer, I've kind of recognized that, like, I, I'll have ideas, right? They're not all good ideas, but I like to, it, it's nice to be able to talk those ideas through and make sure that we pick you know, the best idea and what's good, what's bad, and, and make sure that we're always picking the best thing. I, I, I really like the collaboration that's come through it um, to help us, helps us get to where we want to be. We'll come back to you later on other benefits yeah. that you, you've, you know, you've observed organizationally. I mean, not just personally, but also wider. But let's go back to some of the things that are very counterintuitive about mob, the part that says you might just be crazy. So there, there's one of them is that five people working together are actually more effective than one person staying in their cave and working on the same thing. How, how did you work with these counterintuitive aspects of implementing MOB into your organization? You know, the one thing that, that we've taken, taken from both this conference and other sources over the last year is, is let's experiment. Let's try to, uh, if somebody has an idea, let's try it, try it out. And fail fast, right? And if it doesn't work, move on and, and try something else. And so um, we've tried a lot of things, you know, and, and the thought that, um, Five people working on one task at the same time and be more productive than five separate people working on different tasks, that's, that's a hard concept for people to understand. And so, you know, as we've, as we've come to realize, you know, it's, it's not a short-term investment on programming. It's a long-term investment. Short-term is, is, yeah, things will appear like, like they're slowing down somewhat, but what you're going to find with mob programming is the code quality, like Charlie said, is, is, is a lot better. We have standards in place. The standards are being followed because the mobs police themselves as far as keeping the standards. Um, there's a whole lot less bugs and problems being introduced into the software. And so, so the long-term perspective is we have a far less technical debt. We have far less... Um, refactoring that needs to go on in, into our software, and and the long-term gains from our investment um, are exponential, and it allows you know, it allows organizations to innovate. It frees up them time instead of refactoring code, fixing bugs, maintaining things. It allows them to move forward and and be uh, 
um, innovative and move move their company to the next level, so to speak, technology wise. So it's it's been uh, uh, it's it, it that, that's that's really hard for for people to understand, and especially you know executives that that are are looking at the numbers and saying, whoa, we have this many heads working on this single task. You know, how is that affected? And so, uh, but with ClearLink, they've been really really good with allowing us to do this experiment and and now they're seeing the benefits from it but if they would have said after two weeks no this isn't working guys stop you know then they wouldn't have seen any benefits at all so um you need to you need to be in it for the long haul to see the benefits and long haul means what um when when i first presented it to to our executives you know i asked for a year give us a year let us let us you know Work through our kinks. Let's work through the processes for a year, and and let's evaluate after a year. And after a year, we didn't even have any questions. Nobody even said, "Well, it's been a year. What do you think?" You know, that question wasn't even asked. You know, it's it's more of you know. In fact, it's well. Here's more resources. You know, move on. All right. Speaking of resources, I have a feeling that in order to implement anything into an organization, you may have to break a few rules. What rules did you break? <laughs> that's that's a great question, Donna. So. Um, one that comes to mind right off the bat is uh, Tori and I, when we got back from the uh, conference, we uh, just took the liberty of going to uh, Best Buy and and uh, buying a new TV on our company card, and uh, we figured it, just, it would be easier to uh, ask for forgiveness later than permission originally, and uh, brought it back and just started setting up our own uh, uh, mob station, so... Um, we wanted to have a nice big TV so that uh, uh, the developers could see their code in, in uh, HD quality, and uh, it, it worked out well. Um, I think we got a little heat from that, but uh, you know, uh, it it got the ball rolling, and uh, and it, it worked worked out okay. In fact, uh, I remember also I was uh, without an office for a week because we needed a place to mob program and. Oh, we didn't have any other rooms, and so I just cleared out my desk and let the developers go to it, and and uh, and it worked out well. So a lot of bootstrapping, a lot of fun, um, but uh, it worked well in the end. So what did you say to get the yes to for the year? Because that's going to be one of the questions anybody listening to this is going to say. And by the way, this when we're having this conversation about mob programming, we could also be having about anything new going into an organization. It's the same process. How do we get a yes out of something that's unfamiliar, towards something that, you know, to go ahead and try it out. So, you know, do you give, how much do you give them that's before you hit too much and, and you start creating resistance where you need, need to have absolute uh, flow? So the year, um, it wasn't very hard to, to get them to agree to a year. In fact, the overall attitude of the organization was we need a change. You know, in order for us to make it to the next level, um, technology-wise and as an organization overall, is we need to make some changes so that we can scale the business forward. And so when, when we presented this, yeah, there was some skepticism to it, but overall is, you know, let's try it because we do need some change. And so for us, it was the argument was a little bit easier than maybe other organizations will have because that is, you know, they recognize the, the need for an organizational shift. Great. So that, that's sort of one of those things that has a happy... A lovely bit of synergy going on where there's a need for shift, and this this might be the catalyst, or it might not, but let's try it out. And I appreciate the difference in distinction. I always make it between experimentation and piloting, because in piloting, they're always looking for failure, whereas in experimenting, you're looking to see what will happen, and that's a much more open frame to go in with. 
Now I'm going to go back to Charlie because as a developer, you've witnessed changes going on. What what kinds of changes have you seen in terms of the social interaction, the function, you know, how things come about through the social interaction of being on a mob? So um, there's definitely been some changes. Um, people that I'd really never had had to talk to or had any relationship with now, now I'm sitting with them on a regular basis for, you know, all day long kind of thing. Um, so that was, a lot of it is a little bit, uh, social things that have had to change, right? Some people who have maybe bad habits, whether they're hygiene or whether it's um, ego or attitude or any of those types of things, a lot of adjustments have had to been made. A lot of, most of the time that actually self-regulates, people recognize that, oh, if I'm going to sit next to this person, I should probably shower, or <laughs> if I should, you know, they, I think even people that have maybe personality, like I said, maybe ego, kind of can recognize that now when I'm interacting with people like and be able to control their, control themselves, right, and recognize that they need to make some adjustments there. That's great. So let's explore a little bit about what works for and what works not so much against, you know, what works against introducing anything new, and in this case, you know, mob programming into ClearLink. Uh, sure. So for us and our team, you know, it wasn't 100% consensus that everybody wanted to do mob programming. But overall, people were open to it. Now, they were skeptical. They, they had their doubts. But at the end of the day, they were open to trying it. And, and it's people like Charlie who, who stepped in and said, guys, I think this is going to be a really good thing. Let's, let's try to make this work. And, and kind of leading by example in that way where people were able to say, yeah, let's try it. And after they tried it, they're like, yeah, I actually really like this. You know, and, and, and this is something I keep myself doing every day. And I would, I would definitely move forward and be able to work in an environment in close collaboration with many people. Charlie, let's go to you now and just look at it from a developer's point of view. What what was the that about for you? Just what did you experience there? Of course, like I said, I was I'm a little bit quiet, and so I was a little bit hesitant at first. Um, we had been doing it for a day or two, probably two or three days actually. And as a team, as a mob, we we ran into this bug, and we had no idea what was going on. And as we went through this debug process with now four people working on it. And somebody said, well, have you looked at this? And so we'd kind of go down that road, and then somebody else responded with, what about this? And another person with this, and what about that? We came to a conclusion of what the bug was and how to solve it um, in a way that, by myself, I'm positive I could not have done it. And that right there, for me, was like the conversion point. At that point, I said, okay, this is good, and what we're producing is better than what we were doing before. Okay, we have people coming in now. I'm assuming this room is an open space, but let's just take a quick second to talk about what you're seeing in terms of the impact of introducing Mob into your company. And let's start with you, Charlie, from a developer's point of view. How has this grown and spread, and, and what have you seen in terms of the impact, uh, Nate and Tori, on the organization? So for me, um, like I work a lot with the developers, and so that's kind of my main interaction. And I've seen a lot of people who are very skeptical at first, saying like, "I don't know about this. I'm not, I'm not convinced that this is a good thing." And going from from that to being like, "I come to work now because of this environment, because I have the collaboration, because I have people to help help me form the ideas that I are that are in my brain, right?" And uh, what I've seen is uh, this was kind of a grassroots thing within IT that uh, we started doing, but the company and the executives overall have seen the value in the collaboration. So they're looking at doing collaborative development, collaborative, collaborative thinking in other departments as well. 
um, across, say, marketing and, and even content strategists, like different ways to collaborate. I think it's kind of opened up their eyes to how collaboration could be a more effective tool than just individual contributions. You know, the overall transformation at ClearLink has been it's been great. We we we've kind of gone from obscurity in the IT department, you know, kind of being in that cave, to being very open uh, for the rest of the business to come in and actually feel like they have a part in what IT does instead of just you know IT being in a cave and who knows what they're working on. Um, so you know, it's. The reputation of the of the department has has increased and grown, and and it, it feels good to be able to be a part of a transformation as sizable as the one that we've experienced. And just to keep it in perspective, how big is ClearLink, and how has it grown? What's this? What's happened with that? ClearLink as a whole has grown. I think we're up around sixteen hundred individuals now, but the. Even a year and a half ago, the IT department, I would say, is it doubled, Nate? I bet it's doubled yeah, in the last year as least, far as yeah. numbers go. And, and our program has helped us in that scalability and being able to onboard that number of, of individuals. So to continue our conversation on mob programming and uh, and the implementation of it, I mean, whatever the disruptor is, in this case, it's it's programming in collaboration, working together to get a specific goal accomplished, in this case, writing really high quality code in a short period of time. And when you do that, you, you gain some, some interesting things happen, both positive and negative. Let's look at the positive side. And I'm going to go to you, Nate, to recap what, what we just talked about informally. Sure. Uh, thanks, Donna. So... What, we, what we've noticed as we've started doing mob programming is that there came out of it some intangible benefits that we didn't expect from a management perspective. One being that um, things that we used to micromanage, like an example might be tardiness or maybe um, apathy towards the work, things like that, those seem to kind of melt away, and the reason for that is that we found that the developers and engineers felt an even greater accountability to their peers on the team than they did even to, say, any potential boss or leader. So suddenly there was a greater accountability to their peers, and we saw great gains in not only productivity, but morale and team unity uh, because suddenly they wanted to be accountable to their peers and be a, a, a good part of the overall team. So that was, that was kind of a, an impressive uh, gain that we didn't expect to see but just saw because of the new process in mob programming. And I'd be willing to guess that taking shower before you sit down to code would be one of those indications that, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm not in my cave anymore. I'm out. And yeah, that was a great example. <laughs> All right. You've got an interesting story about a man named Josh. Would you share that? Am I going to Nate? Sure. Yeah. So Josh Ingersoll is one of our uh, very talented senior developers. Him and his wife recently had twin baby boys that were born very prematurely at uh, 24 months, and that's so premature that even maybe five years ago they wouldn't have survived. But uh, with today's technology and um, and healthcare, uh, you know, developments, they were able to survive. And Josh, I remember, called me in a panic and said, "You know, Nate, 
my my wife just gave birth to these two twin boys. You know, I, I don't know what to do. They're in two different hospitals. I've got stress, you know, emotional stress. There's going to be financial stress. And thanks to mob programming, uh, I, I was able to say, Josh, don't worry about it. We've got it covered. Sean and Bryce, the other two members of the mob, uh, will be able to take things from here. Just worry about your family. Go take care of those, your wife and those boys, and uh, everything will be all right. That is in stark contrast to our, our, uh, the way we had things previously, where I would have had to say, uh, um, oh, okay, Josh, that's great, uh, but then figure out someone else to take Josh's place, and then what do I do with the work they were doing, and musical chairs, context switching, things like that. So I guess mob programming uh, has that human element, too, where if someone does need uh, vacation leave or medical leave, whatever it is, you know, life happens, all those things happen, and so we're able to easily allow developers to leave and have no strings attached because there's the knowledge sharing and the collaboration that happens so that the other members of the team can easily step up to the plate and, and uh, um, be there for them in their time of need. So, Well, that leads me to Charlie because obviously what happens when you've got groups like that is you're going to be learning a lot more, it seems to me. Can you share a little bit about what you've learned from being in a group like that? And, and also it sounds like you might be doing, because you're, it, all of a sudden you're leveling out the knowledge rather than having these towers of knowledge which leave big gaps when they're unplugged you've got things more distributed. What, what's your experience there? So I definitely have learned a lot throughout this process. And I think that as a team, we've actually learned a lot. We've been able to hire on interns or junior level developers that are contributing the very first day. And, and, and that's kind of an amazing concept, right? Where you can bring somebody that doesn't know, have basically any skills and have them be part of the team right away. Um, personally, I've also had a ton of growth as far as just like, what it is to work with other people, but also how to share the knowledge that I have um, and be able to let go of some of those things, right? That I felt like I had to hold on to. And, and kind of as an example, we've been at the conference now for, I don't know, two or three days. I haven't responded to a text or an email or a phone call because my team's there at the office getting things done and I have complete confidence in what they're doing that it's going to go the right direction. All right. So it sounds like trust quotient goes up. Yes, for so, sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk now about, if we may, about self-organizing, because uh, more and more companies are moving to more of a self-organizing governance model. It make, gives them more flexibility, more responsiveness to very, very strange and <laughs> quickly moving conditions in complexity. What have you, what, what has mob programming shown you about self-organizing, or have you gained any benefits from that side, and, and also include any downsides, too? One thing that we've done with mob programming is, is giving the individual mobs complete autonomy uh, you know, over their work schedule, you know, what time of day do they come in? Um, when do they take lunch breaks? When do they, you know, take a take a 15-minute break together? You know, that type of thing. Um, because those things in a mob do need to be synchronized. And and we've made the choice to, to allow them to decide when those things happen. And so having them self-organized, it, it gives them some empowerment and control and, and alleviates that feeling of being micromanaged, right? And, and gives them that autonomy to, to work at their highest levels. Uh, so, you know, if, if one of them, you know, has something that they have to attend to in the morning, 
early in the morning, they're going to be a half hour late. The whole mob agrees to meet a half hour later that day, you know, and just to see that, that synergy come around that from the time they sit down in the mob, they're completely engaged and, and very concentrated on their work. And then all of a sudden you walk over there and they're all gone. You're like, where'd they go? Oh, they're on lunch break. Right. And, you know, an hour later they're back and they're fully engaged again. You don't have to worry about who's working, who's not working and why. It's, it goes back to that trust thing. You, you trust them to do um, what you've asked them to do. Should we now explore some of the things that tips you would give the listeners where regardless whether they're coming from a development background or from a management background, project background, uh, some tips on what you would suggest in terms of trying out MOB? Because you, you, you've, a year and a half ago, you, you just heard the idea and now you're well engaged in this. It's had organizational impact as well in a positive way. Let's talk a bit about how did you get there and, and what strategies or tips would you offer for both engaging developers and also engaging higher levels of management. You've already talked a bit about mindset, but let's see what we can do for specific tips. Sure. So two that come to mind for me right off the bat, uh, Donna, are uh, first patience. Like Tori mentioned, it takes a while to get used to, and it takes a while to see tangible benefits. So give it some time. So patience is the first one. And then the second is iteration. We had a consultant come in and teach us how to mob program. And his was a very orthodox style that was great because we learned the ins and outs and and exactly, I guess, how it would be done via a textbook. But then we took that and iterated on it so that eventually it became something that was comfortable for our team. So the two things would be, first of all, patience, and then second, be willing to iterate and find a style and method of mob programming that works well for your team. Charlie, from a developer's point of view? Yeah, talking to developers out there, like, especially hesitant developers, like, give it a shot. You know, just like in your code, there's multiple ways to do things. There's multiple ways to, to program things, too, and and the benefits, they will come, but it's just a matter of trying them, giving them the time that they need to actually succeed and, and to make that um, those adjustments. But I guess I would just say like there are multiple ways to do things and, and this is one of them that works well for, for our team. I love the metaphor you've used there, by the way. There's multiple ways of getting the code done. There's multiple ways of getting it done together. Yeah. That's great because it gives people a reference between what we're familiar with already and moving into new territory. Great strategy. While we've been here at the conference, one thing that I've, I've heard over and over again from certain individuals is how can I get our developers to accept this change and you know it's it's a it's a big concern you know and, and, and it's a common one my only suggestion on that point is experiment with it the developers aren't going to understand that they're going to like it until they actually do it and once they understand that they they are dividing their knowledge amongst several peers they are being able to teach and learn and that brings freedom. They're no longer a knowledge tower in the organization, which at first can be scary to them. But once they understand that, oh, I can take a vacation whenever I want and not have to worry about, you know, like Charlie said, responding to an email or a text or, you know, system issues that they have to respond to while they're with their family on the beach, you know. And there, there's freedom in, in being able to work in, in this type of an environment. And once, once they realize that and understand 
that benefit, along with all the other benefits of learning and teaching and being with peers and, and those and the people that they enjoy being around, they're going to like the mob programming. And so experiment, you know, don't, don't hesitate to present it to the group. Now, of course, there's going to be some doubts and some skepticisms, but experiment with it. I think I've heard you both say, all of you say a lot, baby steps is, is really the key to this test. You know, start it one bit at a time. Now, I'd be remiss if I did not ask the ultimate question, which is what, what difference does this make to the customer, to the people you're serving outside? Well, uh, the first key difference, I guess, that comes to mind is they get a better product. It clearly gets kind of ironic that we are our own customers in that a lot of the tools we build are used internally, whether it's in our call center or in our marketing department. And so we are our own customer, and, and as such, we're very discerning, and we've seen with mob programming that we get a better quality bug-free software product, and, and that's paramount to our success. When you're in a group, what do you have as your focal point for working together as a goal? Is the customer present in the room with you? Are you working with their vision of how they're going to use the product? What do you use as a, as a group to focus on producing that high quality and, and best code for the product? I think the answer to that is yes, we, we do have the customer in mind more, probably more so. Um, when I'm in my own tunnel working, like I get distracted. I get my own needs and wants uh, mixed into the code. Um, and the outcome or the, the product that I produce is what the customer asked for mostly, but a little bit of my own opinion. Um, in the mob situation, what we've noticed is like if I get derailed or distracted by some of my wants or needs, there's usually somebody else in the mob that says, well, is that really what we're supposed to be doing? Is that what the customer needs? And it's not always the same person. That that role of, hey, are we, are we in line with what our task is? Um, changes throughout and so we regularly have to we self-correct ourselves and I the product that we're producing is better for the customer for sure yeah that's the ultimate in self-organizing we can self-regulate that's absolutely brilliant anything else you want to add Tori main thing that I want to add on top of that is just the fact that when you work into a, a mob setting in a in any type of collaboration setting it's more welcoming you have stakeholders throughout the business whether they're customers or users or whoever they might be they feel like they can come into the, our work area, sit down with the mob and express their feelings and, and, and be able to, you know, sit down and point out things that they would like to see. Instead of, you know, going back to that dark cave, you know, they never felt comfortable coming into the dark cave when people were working individually. But in the mob setting, um, it's more inviting and welcoming and they don't feel threatened. You know, they, they come in and they can feel like they can contribute to the overall success of the product and that their voice can be heard. Well, let's just do any closing remarks. Any thoughts that you feel you'd like to include that we haven't talked about already? Sure. Um, I guess my, my closing thought and, and uh, idea would be if you're on the fence between you know a, a more collaborative environment like mob programming versus a, a, a more siloed environment, uh, my thought is give it a try. You know, that's kind of what we did. It's uh, like anything, a little bit of a leap of faith and, and you, you know, try it, see if it works. Chances are it could, uh, it could be a, a real game changer for your company like it was for us. Charlie? I think Nate kind of said it all right there, right? As if you're on the fence, give it a shot. I'll give a last one quick example. We, we've been working on a product for about a year, right? Um, and we've all in mob programming and, and we launched it to beta and 
we were good. We didn't have any bugs. I mean, I think that right there spoke for itself on the, the size of that project and the success of its launch spoke spoke lots of words, I guess. Any um, particular words you'd have for, for those who are preferring to stay in their cave with or without deodorant that, uh, <laughs> that uh, you know, in terms of working with that, that intellect, that, that expertise and bringing it into the circle? I would just say to those people, like, hopefully you recognize that your ideas aren't always the best idea, right? Like sometimes we go down the wrong path and in our, in our mobs, in our teams, we've been able to avoid going down the wrong path more often. And I'm prepared to add that that's probably true for at the management level as well. I mean, we're going to have ideas that just aren't going to be on the right path or, you know, I mean, multiple ways of doing it, of course, but yeah, nice. Thank you very much. And Tori. Just echoing both Nate and Charlie on that, you know, it's, it's, Experiment with it. You know, it doesn't hurt to experiment. You know, take a step in, in, in the direction. Uh, understand, you know, its its weaknesses. Understand the type of a game changer it can be for your organization. And, and take the step forward and give it a try. Try it and you might like it. We had some entertaining moments at the conference because mob programming is probably not, mobbing is probably not the best term. It conjures up everything from mobs and the mob to flash mob and a variety of other things. But the point is, it's about collectively getting something done, focusing on a goal and working together to get there. So it just so happens that this is in the IT sector, but it could just as easily be something else. And my point in, in doing this program is that, that working together collaboratively in the way in which mob programming does, for example, in IT, is a, a real rip, has a real ripple effect organizationally. And certainly that's the ClearLink story all the way, and of course it's the story elsewhere as well. So I hope you've gotten some insights from this, and if you're in technology, there's an opportunity to work with mob programming as a tool for building collaboration, increasing quality, and, and reducing time at the same time. And if you're not in tech, then you can take lessons from this all the way, because in this story you'll heard about experimentation, you've heard about how people have tried things out but given it some time to see how it works and what works for people. So there's some real value in the overall process regardless of what the sector is. So I certainly learned a lot in, and I'm looking forward to doing more work in this field uh, by bringing these skills in that start you know, at the developer level but then scale up to more sophisticated skills at the management and organizational level. My name is Donna Jones. I hope you enjoyed the program. Please share like all those kinds of things to uh, help this program get out and reach more change agents like yourself who are care really about how things go in the world and for a better way and also you'll find me on twitter join me there epdawna underscore jones and or linkedin and or facebook at from insight to action and i think can't think of anything else so <laughs> thanks very much 